Nancy came upon the remnants of a fire she knew had been left by her deceitful fiancé. She had already hiked 20 miles from Jefferson into Crawford Notch after learning of his betrayal. She pushed on, following their tracks, determined to find the man who had taken her life savings, and fled under the encouragement of her employer. She had only lightly packed, forsaking a heavy load, hoping to quickly catch her lover and return to Jefferson together. Her clothes became soaked after crossing a stream. She sat down on the bank, hungry, tired, and alone. Her neighbors had followed not far behind. Worried about the young girl traveling an unknown distance in the harsh New England winter, they hoped to catch up to her. Eventually, they did. Following the tracks through the snow into the notch, they found Nancy Barton, sitting quietly on the banks of the brook, undoubtedly with a broken heart, but they were already too late. Trails and Taverns, Episode 5. This past weekend, my friend Rob and I headed up to New Hampshire early Saturday morning to climb Mount Crawford via Davis Path. We met in Mass and headed out around 6.30 a.m. after having breakfast at a local diner. I thought I had stayed up late, finally falling asleep around 11, but Rob had apparently not gotten any sleep until past 1 a.m. This was looking like it was going to be a tough day. We got to Davis Path Trailhead around 11. It's on Route 302 just south of the Crawford Notch State Park. We passed the Omni Mount Washington Hotel on the way. The lot is right next to the Saco River, with a few picnic tables along the shore. At the end of the parking lot, there's a road that continues guarded by a sign that says Residents Only Parking. I was unsure what that meant at first. The gravel road ended at a footbridge. Across the bridge, there was a road sign that would look like a footpath, and there were a couple of houses in either direction. I wonder how much work it is bringing those things like groceries to your house when you have to walk so far on foot. Trail to Mount Crawford is roughly five mile out and back trail going steadily up as you go north. If you were to continue north past Mount Crawford, the trail will eventually bring you to Mount Washington. Not sure that I would want to hike 10 miles and climb several other mountains before scaling Mount Washington though. The trail goes along some brooks and creeks at the beginning. It's very pretty in the woods with all the little valleys. As you get past the first mile, the hike becomes kind of monotonous. There's no overlooks to speak of except for the one really large boulder that seemed to be clinging to the side of the mountain. In the second mile, it just felt like all I saw were pine trees and rocks. After the third or fourth break, we had to get a little humble and keep a slower pace. Both of us being around 40, trying to keep up with our egos wasn't going to win the day. Still, it took just a little over two hours to reach the top. Not too bad. Once near the top, the first overlook appeared facing south. The mountains in the distance were overcast and hazy. Apparently there was still smoke coming down from the wildfires in Canada on that particular day. The rock outcroppings got larger past that point, and thank goodness for people stacking rock cars where the trail turned. The painted markers were so faded I could barely make them out and the increasing sparsity of the vegetation meant that no matter where you looked, 
It could have easily appeared to be a trail. We briefly passed one nice couple and the woman mentioned, when you get to where you think you're at the top, keep going. It gets better. Good tip, honestly. What it was, was that you get to a nice cliff area. It looks north into a valley and beyond where you can see Mount Washington and other peaks of the presidential reign. But to my left, there was vegetation. I noticed a small footpath through the brush and after setting down my pack, I walked through it. You pop out on the other side where the summit wraps around the northwestern edge of the mountain and reveals most of the Crawford Notch below. The view at that point is phenomenal as you see the rest of Mount Crawford sprawl below you into the valley. Made every drop of sweat and backache completely worth it. What's funny was that it started out feeling a little chilly at the trailhead, but once we were on the summit it was hazy and warm. Probably why that was the only area I saw any bugs the whole day. We spent about an hour on the summit relaxing before deciding to head back down. We weren't the only ones. Nobody else seemed to stay quite as long as us, but everybody definitely needed the break. I felt like I was on my toes the whole way down. My big toes started to heat up. Even though I changed socks to the top, I could still feel the blisters forming. Once back at the trailhead, I lost the shoes, stuck my feet in the cold water of the sacco. Not sure if that helped keep me from actually developing blisters, but it didn't hurt. A day like that always deserves a good meal. So, just north of the notch, just past the Mount Washington Hotel, we stopped at Cecilia's Pizzeria for some food. I got the turkey club and was thoroughly impressed with how good it was. They didn't serve any alcohol, so no post-hike microbrew for me at this time. After the break, I'll get into the story from the introduction. Let me ask you something. Have you ever wanted to go hiking in a haunted forest? Do you want to know what it's like to have an encounter with a cryptid? Have you ever searched for fairy circles in the woods hoping that you'd find an entrance to the Fey Realm? You haven't dated somebody because they said they lived in a haunted house and you had to know more? When you hear about a haunted hotel, do you check for the next available date and how much PTO you still have at work? When someone visits you, do you give them a tour of all the haunted places in your town? Do you take loads of pictures anytime you're in an old cemetery, hoping just to catch something? Have you ever watched the ocean on a foggy day hoping you'll spot a ghost ship sailing through the mist? Do you listen to every scary, spooky, or paranormal podcast you could find on Apple, Spotify, or iHeartRadio? Because if that's the case, then you're a lot like me, and you just found the next one to add to the list. Let me introduce you to my show, Tales, Trails, and Taverns. I'm your host, Joe Gelinas, and here we'll be discussing haunted trails, woods, and swamps, as well as haunted locations like taverns, hotels, ghost towns, lighthouses, and whatever else I can find. <laughs> I mean... What doesn't sound good about spending the afternoon hiking in search of a local cryptid than getting a beer at a nearby tavern where a colonial-era spirit is often seen wandering the halls? That sounds like the perfect Sunday fun day to me. Be sure to follow us along on Instagram and Facebook, as well as the blog that's got a lot of these stories already in it at TalesTrailsAndTaverns.com. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed the show. Nancy Barton was rumored to be the first white woman to travel through Crawford Notch. She came to Jefferson, New Hampshire and found employment for Colonel Whipple as a cook. She worked there for several years and saved everything she made from the job, saving for a good future for herself. At the farm, she met and eventually fell for a farmhand named Jim Swindle. They planned to marry and start a new life together in Portsmouth. One account I heard was that Colonel Whipple, fearing that he would lose a good cook, sent Nancy to the next town for the day, then convinced Jim to run off with all her money. He hoped that, being heartbroken and penniless, Nancy would stay working on his farm. 
In another version of the story, Colonel Whipple is an avid supporter of the revolution. He convinced Jim to use Nancy's life savings to buy a uniform, and while she was away, Jim left to join the colonist army. When Nancy returns, she finds out about the treachery, because she knows the path that Jim would have taken south along the Saco River. She packs lightly and heads into the wintry night, hoping to overtake him quickly and then return to Jefferson. After traveling 22 miles overnight, Nancy comes upon the remnants of a camp. Exhausted and alone, clothes damp from the falling snow, Nancy sits near the bank of a brook. In the morning, her neighbors, seeing that Nancy had not yet returned, headed out hoping to find her alive. The party eventually finds a camp, follows the tracks to Nancy's resting spot, where they find Nancy, having already succumbed to the bitter cold. They buried her where they found her, next to what would eventually be named Nancy's Brook, along with Nancy's Pond and the adjoining Mount Nancy. Today you can find the burial site in a short trail from the north end of Notchland Road, not too far from the Notchland Inn. Hikers in the area have reported hearing laughter or crying on the trails in the Notch that are attributed to the spirit of Nancy. Jim apparently heard about Nancy's tragic end and became so ridden with guilt that he had a psychotic episode. He died soon after at a psychiatric hospital for unknown reasons. Honestly, I think it serves him right, taking that poor girl's money and running off for any reason, conspiring with their employer. He got what he deserved. He got got by karma, basically. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate the listeners I have. Check out the page on Instagram to see videos and pictures in the summit of Mount Crawford. Make sure you follow for more adventures. Get out there and find your spirits.